0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus said, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourself that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt And have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn, and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
1: Let us pray. Gracious God, let our worship today and let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts keep our lamps burning and make us ready. For all the ways you come to us each and every day. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, a lot of talk today about faith. My goodness, Abraham's faith was reckoned to him as righteousness, innocence, perfection. The letter of Hebrews focuses in on faith. We talk a lot about faith in the church. It's by faith that we are justified. Or as Paul says in Ephesians, it's by faith that we are saved. So we talk a lot about faith, but really what is it? It's one of those words that maybe we just assume everyone knows what it is. The letter of Hebrews gives us a very clear um, definition of faith. Did you catch that in the first Verse there of chapter 11, you can take it out and look at that if you want. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Now the Greek word there for assurance is hypostasis. It's really, it's interesting. It's one of those Greek words, assurance is a perfect English word to translate it, but it has so many nuances that one word in English just doesn't quite cut it. It's not our assurance, it's an assurance. It's a promise. It's a foundation of things hoped for. It's um, the basis of things hoped for. Hypostasis is like the The foundation under under Um, being—that's what those two words in Greek mean. So it's the foundation of things hoped for. So it's not just your own personal conviction about it or assurance. It's um, a promise given, and that's what's hoped for. So of course, then we go to what's hoped for. Hope, of course, is something in the future. It's not something we see. The Apostle Paul's very clear about this. You know, it's, hope is something that hasn't come about yet, but there's a promise there. So, faith, what is faith? Well, it's the assurance. It's the foundation. It's of what we're hoping for in the future. Okay, clear as milk, right? Then we go on. It is the conviction of things unseen so it's almost like a repeat almost but different words it's evidence conviction it's really the proof faith is the proof of things unseen so it all comes back to this promise to this hypostasis what is that promise well if you were to read the entire book of hebrews the ele- the 10 chapters before this I can sum it up for you that that foundation, that promise, is what God did in Jesus Christ. It is God's action in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus himself says it's the Father's pleasure to give us the kingdom. Jesus gave us the kingdom in himself. He said, the kingdom of God is in your midst. When he was here and that kingdom that we pray for each and every day in the Lord's prayer is what Jesus brought us in his life and most especially in his death and resurrection. He breaks the bonds of death and he is raised from the dead. So, faith is standing on these promises I think there's a hymn about that too. Faith is the standing on these promises of things hoped for because what we saw happen in the death and resurrection of Jesus, we also have a hope that He'll come and He'll finish that kingdom someday. And we live in between. The bringing of the kingdom and the finishing of it. And that's where we live in each and every day. That's the ground. That's the place of faith. That's why we're here today, because we are hanging on, we're clinging to that foundation that God has put into our lives the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And so faith is moving out with that. There's a great story about Taylor Hudson or I'm sorry, Hudson Taylor, uh, he was a famous missionary in China. And when he first went to China, he was in a sailing vessel. This was way back. No power motors then. And as they were sailing to China, you know, all of those jagged islands that we sometimes see... Their sailing vessel hit a place of calm, and it was becalmed, and it was slowly drifting towards shore. And there was no place to, to you know, safely, you know, anchor the boat. And they were surely going to hit the rocks, crash, and die. And so the captain came to Mister Taylor um, and besought him, "Please, you're a missionary. Pray for God's help. Pray for God to intervene, so we don't all die out here. Um, in this, this." remote island. No one will ever know what happened to us. And um, and so the captain was pleading with, and Taylor said, well, I will not undertake to pray uh, for this vessel unless you prepare the sails. The captain was like, there's no wind. Why are we going to Bring up the sails. I'm not going to look like a fool in front of my men. You don't put up the sails when there's no wind. You got to wait till after the wind hits and then you put up the sails. I'm not going to do this. And he says, Well, I'm not going to pray unless you prepare the sails. And so the captain finally, in desperation, said, Okay, I'll do it. And the men thought the captain was nuts. And while engaged in prayer, there was a knock at the door of Taylor's stateroom. Who's there? It was the captain's voice responding. Are you still praying for the wind? Yes, said Taylor. Well, said the captain, you better stop praying. We have more wind than we can manage. <laughs> Faith is acting, living, living on the promise of things hoped for. Faith is both something that we have in our heart and something we believe in our minds, but it's also raising the sails. And so Jesus calls us to raise our sails by saying, fear not. Fear not, my little flock. It's the Father's kingdom to give you It's the Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. Fear not. Raise your sails. Move out. Our world today is filled with fear. People sell products by fear. People get you to tune into the news by fear. People get ratings by making you freaked out and filling you with fear every day of your life. If you don't know that, you need to know that. That's how people get you to buy products. That's how people get you to watch TV. That's how people get you to do just about everything. And Jesus stands in the midst of it all and says, fear not, little flock. It's the Father's pleasure, joy. It's what the Father wants more than anything else. is to give you the kingdom. How does, how does this happen? How does, this, how does he give us this kingdom? Well, we've already told you. The, the once for all self-revelation of God in Jesus Christ, not a revelation, not one that you can just put up with all the other different expressions of religion and different viewpoints human beings about have, have about God, but in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, God brought the kingdom and gave us the kingdom. And we have been brought into it in the faith of our baptism. We have been connected to Christ through his church and through word and sacrament. He gives us the kingdom. It's already happened. It's yours. It's a gift. It's complete. But it's not yet. (laughs) Yes, we've got it. We've got the forgiveness of sins. We've got the promise of God's love. We've got his grace. It's there, but it's not quite yet. It's come, but, and it's already here, but it's also not yet. Jesus will come again to make it complete. And so, yes, every day we wake up and we need to raise our sails, even when it doesn't feel like there's any wind. Because we have that promise, that hypostasis right underneath us all the time, every day. So, what do we do? How do we raise those sales? I don't know about you, but I'd love to have more faith. How do we um, get more convicted? How do we have more of an assurance every day in our lives? Well, Jesus gave us the key. Not only did he give us the kingdom, but then he turns around after saying that it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. He says, where you put your treasure, that's where your heart is going to be. Now, this is a fascinating thing. The heart, we talk about as the seat of our emotions, our commitment, in the in the bible the heart is really the seat of belief remember when paul says if you believe with your and confess with your you shall be saved if you believe with your heart okay so i run into people all the time that their faith is flagging they're struggling i have that experience i even run to some people to say, I want to love God more. I want to believe in God more. I'm trying to believe, and that's fantastic. So what do we do? You've heard the promise. You've heard the promise of the kingdom. What do we do now? Well, Jesus tells us. He says, where you put your treasure, that's where your heart's going to be. Now, this is opposite of our culture, isn't it? What do you hear most of all in pretty much every movie whether it's DreamWorks or Disneyland or whoever's producing it, follow your, follow your, follow your. I mean, it's over and over and over. And I, maybe that's okay, but I got some concerns about that because where you put your treasures, where your heart is. What happens if you're putting your treasure in the wrong spot and you're following your heart? Um, it also seems to indicate that we have no control over what we love and what we believe in and what we hope for and what we want with all of our heart. Like we're just kind of governed by our heart. Whether, you know, so, but Jesus seems to say what you love, what you believe in, what you're passionate about, you can control by where you put your treasure. And in fact, that is faith. Faith faith is raising our sails is where you put your treasure where you put your treasure so follow your heart no first set your heart then you can follow your heart (laughs) you want to have a bigger heart for service start serving put some time there You want to have a greater love for those in need and the poor and the suffering? Head down to Benedict House and make a meal. Head down to the soup kitchen and volunteer some time. Spend some time with people who are struggling. We've got our lovely feeding program this summer on Thursdays. We've got you know, all those love and action things. As you spend some time there, as you put your heart there, you're going to want to love to do that. I mean, I love the mission trips when I hear the kids be, get with people and serve and, and, and be with them, and they start to love. They want to do that. You want to you fire up your worship life? why don't you jump onto one of those podcasts and learn about every little thing we do in worship and why we do it? Because they're there on our website. So it's not just one thing after another, but you actually know why we do what we do. And you want to really love worship? Say, I'm going to be in church every Sunday for the next six months. (laughs) Or maybe every, I don't know, whatever. You, You know, make a little... Make a little incremental growth step. I don't know, whatever, however you want to do it. You want to love reading the Bible and Scripture? Get in there and start reading it every day. And when you run into passages you don't know, you just say, God, help me, and move on. Don't say, oh, I don't understand it, so I'm going to put it away. Forget it. The people I know who love the Scripture, they just get in there and they read and they read and they read and the more they read, the more they love it, and the more they love it, the more they read, and the more they read, the more they love it. You see how it goes. Where you put your treasure, that's where your heart is. I had one person, or I heard of a pastor who was asked, you know, by a parishioner, I want to love God more. And the pastor had nothing to say. I was like, I've never had somebody ask me that. About two weeks later, he realized what he should have said is give God more. If you want to love God more, give God more. You see, if you're trying to believe wherever you're at in your faith journey, jump in. Faith is not all of a sudden, I've got it 100%, and then, you know, now I'll go. No, get in and start being there. And maybe you've got enough faith to say, I'm going to come to the waters of baptism, and I'm going to be connected to Christ, and I'm going to get in there, and I'm going to keep working, and I'm going to, trying to believe. I'm going to come to the supper, I'm going to receive the meal. You know, I'm, I, that's where you put your treasure, that's where your heart is. Isn't it awesome? God has given us the kingdom. He's put us in the boat. And the sails are there to move out in faith. But indeed, Jesus acknowledges where you put your treasure, that's where your heart is. So folks, let's raise the sail. Let's raise the sail. Let's keep worshiping. Let's keep loving. Let's keep coming to the supper. And our heart, then, then indeed, we can follow our hearts. For it is indeed this faith that grants us the kingdom, and is a gift from God. Thank you. Indeed, gracious God. Amen.